0: I'm Erica Hers with the Batten Institute at the UVA Darden School of Business, and today we're in the studio with Darden's Decision Analysis Professor and Batten Fellow, Sam Bodley. We'll be discussing his work on new ways of financing early-stage entrepreneurs. Professor Bodily has investigated the various ways that entrepreneurial ventures are funded, And he questioned, how can we minimize risk and maximize potential profit for both entrepreneurs themselves and their financial backers? Sam, thanks for coming in the studio today to talk with us. Well, first of all, is uh, entrepreneurship a typical study area for a decision analysis professor? Or is this a bit of a departure from the typical things you look at?
1: Well, there's entrepreneurship and there's risk in this study. The risk is definitely an area of interest. For, uh, for me, over, over the years, I've been uh, doing decision analysis, and so in that context, it's, it's typical. Now, there are lots of, kind of different kinds of applications where you might be thinking about risk, and uh, this is one of them.
0: Can you give us an overview on the, the effort? Um, for example, what did you investigate and what did you learn?
1: Well, suppose you want to support uh, an entrepreneur, and this entrepreneur has has an idea and might even have the funding necessary to do it, but is a little reluctant because of the risk involved. Uh, it's not just their money, but their reputation. They may not be able to do this again, uh, and they may find it hard to go back into the uh, uh, work environment elsewhere. So. You'd like to support that. Maybe you want to mitigate the risks and you want to motivate socially-minded entrepreneurs to persevere, jump in there, and take on some of the world's pressing challenges. So how do you do that? Well, well, there are lots of ways you might do that. Are there better ways than ones that are typically employed? That was what I was interested in, more efficient ways to reduce risk uh, than were used in the past. Well, typically, you find uh, entrepreneurs are funded by equity financing. This is the predominant way that has been done in the last 25 or more years. And
0: we all know people hate to give up equity.
1: Well, the uh, yeah, a- equity is ownership. Uh, the entrepreneur doesn't want to give it up. And the, the people who are providing the money want ownership, typically, if they're going to uh, to put the money up. Now the problem for the, the backers is that they don't get their money back unless there's an exit. Uh, an exit might be a public offering or it might be an acquisition from another firm. Um, so there's uh, there's it's it's all in and it's sitting there and it doesn't come back until and, and there's a, an exit. Another thing that a, a backer might do, who's interested in the socially minded entrepreneur, is is just make a gift, give an upfront. Lump of lump of money.
0: That sounds wonderful.
1: Well, it is, but it may not be the most efficient way to help. uh, Particularly if if your goal is to make the risk lower, mitigate the risk, so the entrepreneur will be more likely to do it. Um, Once the entrepreneur has the gift, in a sense, they've already achieved something. It lessens the pressure to uh, push for success because you've already won some measure of success. Somebody gave you some money. A third way that might be used is to provide some insurance. So if things go badly for the entrepreneur, they get behind. If they get behind so far at a certain point, you may cover their losses. And this might encourage them to take on the, uh, uh, the opportunity. However... It's fraught with moral hazard. I mean, once you are in trouble, then you have no incentive to get out of that trouble uh, with the insurance because you know you're going to be covered.
0: Trouble meaning like the business starts to go bad or something? starts to go
1: bad. You're not meeting your goals. Um, It looks like you're going to be losing a lot of the money that the backer put up. Um, Then you might even take more risk because you know that there are more then is wise risk because uh, you know that you're that you're covered, um, and that isn't necessarily in the best interest of the of the backer. There were a couple of other ideas that I that I had that I thought would be useful to consider. One is a revenue contract. Now, you might see this in a mercantile situation, a merchant situation where uh instead of uh taking money because the company exits, you take money as a percentage of the revenue. So maybe the backer gets a small percentage of the revenue until they're paid back. Uh, what they put up plus some additional percentage to, to cover the profit that they they would like to see. So this this might be a good idea, partly because the backer will get something out before there's an exit, even if there isn't an exit. Um, and you begin to get something every month. You might get a little bit of payment. Um, you might even use this with a crowdfunding idea. So uh, often in crowdfunding, what the uh, funders get is a product, a piece of product, not, not a unit of product, or maybe they get the right to see a film or something that's being created. Um, so they're getting, in a sense, revenue from their investment. Uh, they don't have to wait for any exit. And uh, they're interested in the product uh, originally, so, so they're going to do that. So it has advantages for both sides the uh, the other idea is is a little more technical it's a, it's called a swap hedge um it's a derivative contract now here the entrepreneur may be compensated for uncontrollable or undesirable conditions that lead to a worsening business climate and in, in turn they may compensate the backer for increasing increasingly desirable conditions so, what you look for is an objective measurable quantity, and then you write a contract on that so it might be some some objective measure of the business climate um if you're doing some kind of uh, clean tech uh, business that would be valuable when energy costs are high, then you can imagine that you the the uh, Index might be a, a measure of petroleum cost or or energy cost um, so the way this would work is if the if the energy cost ends up being high that 's good for the clean tech business because their prices would be higher as well, and so the entrepreneur might actually pay something to the uh, Uh, backer. If the uh, energy price is very low then the backer would pay additional to the uh, to the uh Entrepreneur. That's where well,
0: the swapping and the hedging comes in, right? That's
1: right. So it works both ways, and it's, it's efficient in the sense that uh, when things are good, the backer will get something from the business. When things are bad, then the entrepreneur gets it. And uh, it's not like an insurance contract where uh, at some point then there's a, the payment in one direction. Um, it can share the risk between the two. And it's, it doesn't have any moral hazard problem because uh, it's independent of how well the entrepreneur does. So whatever the petroleum price ends up being, the entrepreneur is always uh, incent, given incentive to do the best they can. So, you know, in, in, in another area, an example might be, you know, think of a farmer in Africa who doesn't want to plant because they're worried about, Rainfall and the risk that uh, it's going to be a drought this year. So you could have a contract that would pay them if the rainfall is low, and if the rainfall is really high, then the farmer could pay something back in into the fund. And the farmer always will do the best, even if even if there's no rain, the farmer will do the best they can to produce a crop and enjoy the benefits of that. And uh, it avoids the the moral hazard.
0: And you did some simulations to look at risk and to look at profit for both funders and for the entrepreneurs, right?
1: Right. So I compared the the those uh, equity, the equity, the incentive gift, the insurance, the revenue contract, and the uh, swap hedge. I did a, a simulation where. Of course, there's always risk, but uh, we took into account the risk and took into account how well the entrepreneur did and then uh and, and I did this for an equivalent amount of backer financing, at least a, an equivalent average amount of uh, backer financing and then I saw, well, which one was the more efficient under which instance did the uh, entrepreneur do do the best? And uh probably going to say, well, okay, what did you learn? <laughs> uh, and I wasn't too surprised that uh, the swap hedge was more efficient. Uh, for a given level of backer financing, the uh, uh, risk-adjusted value of the business was higher with the swap hedge than with the, with the other opportunities. It was also higher with the uh, revenue contract. Um, and uh, the insurance actually had a high uh, risk-adjusted value for the uh, for the entrepreneur as well. However, that one uh, again, uh, the moral hazard issue is there, and uh, it uh, means that they're on the on the end of the distribution where the entrepreneur loses a lot of money. Well, the backer pays a lot of money. So the risk characteristics for the backer are not that good with the, uh, with the insurance. Another issue was uh, ownership and control. Um, with the equity, you have less of that. Uh, and with the others, uh, the revenue contract, the swap hedge, the entrepreneur can retain 100% ownership and control. Which is one of the things they want. You know, mm-hmm. you know, the entrepreneur views the business as their baby. Uh, they want it to stay their baby and, and grow it into uh, into maturity um, without partway down the down the path the equity holders taking it over, which is a common thing that happens with uh, with entrepreneurs.
0: So, for those who are not necessarily as familiar with some of the tools of decision analysis that you use frequently in your research, um, when you think about kind of the professional uh, or entrepreneur ramifications of this work, what would you say? What is the, um, for funders and entrepreneurs, what are the ramifications of this work?
1: Well, I would be uh, happy to see uh, trying some of these alternative mechanisms. Um, I believe that both the backer and the entrepreneur would find them, uh, you know, enhancing the uh, the possibility that the the business actually takes place, um, and so I'd like I'd like to see them try it. Um, there are examples where some of these ideas have been used. Like I gave the example of the the African farmer, um, so there have been funds established by African governments, in some cases uh, uh, charitable organizations where it will underwrite the sort of hedge, swap hedge for the farmer, uh, they've been quite successful. It's much cheaper and much less moral hazard than... Uh, what has uh, alternatively been done say the government just says well you you plant and and uh if you don't have a good crop we'll uh, give you uh, uh an insurance coverage
0: and hence that field gets planted
1: that field gets planted and not only that but if it's not a great year for for rain uh, the farmer still works and they get something And, uh, in fact, the the, uh, government or the charitable funds that are available for that are used much more efficiently. More farmers can be supported uh, out of the same amount of money.
0: Well, given our society's interest in, uh, in creating jobs through entrepreneurship, I hope to see some of these ideas tested going for- forward.
1: Well, I think the government, uh, you know, there are lots of uh, examples in the clean tech uh, environment. Uh, you've probably heard of Solyndra and a bunch of other uh, companies that the government, you know, KIOR, Ener1, Fisker, uh, the government gave uh, hundreds of millions of dollars. And, uh, and we know how that turned out. The story isn't good. No, <laughs> turned out turned out badly. Now I'm not saying that the outcome is always going to be perfect, uh, or or they're always going to succeed. But that could have done been done so much more efficiently than it was, and it would still have encouraged the businesses to uh, to uh, test their ideas. Um, that's what we want: more efficiency and more. Uh, development of of uh, ideas that that take on the world's pressing challenges.
0: Professor Bodley, thank you for joining us in the studio today.
1: Thank you. This a pleasure.